0: So what you do is you take that data and then you use uh, 3D uh, artists to turn it into these, to these actual images uh, and then programmers put it into an actual program. So we now have the complete human body, every single organ system, whether it's gastrointestinal, musculoskeletal, you name it, the organ system is there and you can dissect things away. You can see individual organ systems, you can see the body as a whole.
1: From the cubicle to the lab, the studio to the war room, climbing up the corporate ladder, or joining a scrappy startup, experience a day in the life of the jobs you want.
2: This is the Experience a Day in the Life podcast Welcome to part one in the two-part Pivot in Practice series. In this episode, we're going to experience a day in the life, hour by hour, of Dr. Tom Flaherty, the medical director at BioDigital, so you can decide if this is a career you can see yourself doing. BioDigital is a biomedical visualization company, which basically means it's the Google Earth of the human body. Dr. Flaherty works with the science team at the company to make sure their content is medically accurate. Let's get right into the day.
1: It's 8 a.m. in New York City, and Dr. Flaherty is waking up, and the first thing he does every single morning is brew some English breakfast tea. PG Tips is his favorite brand, by the way. He then takes a heart variability test, which we'll get to in a sec, but first let's meet him.
0: My name's Tom. You would say Flaherty, but I say Flaherty, uh, because we're from different sides of the pond. Uh, My title, I'm a doctor, so doctor would be my title. Uh, I am medical director of Biodigital, which is a medical... How do I say Google Earth for the human body? Should we just say that in a nutshell? So we're in uh, we're in the sort of medical tech area. But uh, BioDigital started, gosh, over fifteen years ago. Uh, the founders started it. They were originally consultants, and what happened was there was this project called the Visible Human Project that was couple of decades ago, whereby a man and a woman were MRI'd, uh, relatively average man and a woman. And that data was the MRI data. So magnetic resonance imaging, this data was made publicly available. And they also did these cryo section, which is when you freeze the body and you do these one millimeter slices. So from that, you get a very, very accurate depiction of the human body. And this data set was available. So people like Biodigital use this data set. Well, people used it for lots of different things, but Biodigital turned it into a virtual, human so what you do is you take that data and then you use uh, 3d uh, artists to turn it into these to these actual images uh, and then programmers put it into an actual program so we now have the complete human body every single organ system whether it's gastrointestinal musculoskeletal you name it the organ system is there and you can dissect things away you can see individual organ systems you can see the body as a whole but that's essentially what it is and we're now a, you know we're now a company we've got about 40 employees and uh, yeah it's been going as i say for about 15 years
2: since biodigital's mission is to educate people about the human body biodigital is a device agnostic platform that can be used by anyone and everyone from students like you to enterprise clients like pharmaceutical and medical device companies to medical schools and universities check it out for yourself at biodigital.com back to his morning routine wait 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 so i need to go back here you take your tea bag out of the out of the tea
0: Oh, absolutely! You don't you don't drink the tea with the tea bag in there. In 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 my country, <laughs> that is a crime. Whoa! <laughs> You're
1: doing it wrong. Shock here.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, that's one of the things I noticed that you got you guys do here. Is I you leave, it you leave in the tea in bag all in. Time, yeah. When I see that, I'm just like, oh my goodness, what is going on? <laughs> These Americans. <laughs> and then <laughs> this is so geeky. What I what I do next? I take my heart rate variability. So that's the way of. You tell your your heart when it beats it beats not like a metronome typically uh, the more variable it is from from beat to beat that means that you're more well rested and this helps with me in terms of training because I I'm a, I do triathlon and if your heart is heartbeat is varied beat to beat variability then you're well rested and you can do a stronger or harder workout later on in the day uh, then I get dressed brush my teeth head to the office and I don't actually eat breakfast right away
2: If you're interested in doing your own heart rate variability test, we know the one Dr. Flaherty uses, and we'll link to it on the show notes page at exadiddle.com.
1: It's now 828 precisely, and Tom walks over to his office, which is literally two minutes away. So he's in the office by First things first, he's linking up with Allie, who works on creative content and marketing for Biodigital. They're recording two Dr. Tom Talks videos this morning.
0: What is atrial fibrillation in 60 seconds, what is ventricular fibrillation in, in 60 seconds, what is carpal tunnel syndrome, what is breast cancer, all of these different health conditions we want to do in 60 seconds so people understand very quickly and very simply what this condition is and the main points of this condition, but there's a big big touchscreen right behind me that I'm manipulating to show the actual disease in the human body. And it's three D and interactive, and it's our it's our stuff. So obviously, you know, for us, we want people to learn about the human body, but also we want to promote our our, our product. And it, you're killing two birds with one stone doing that.
2: His experience as a medical producer for the Dr. Oz show helped him with producing medical content in a way that lay people can understand. More on that experience in part two of this series.
0: So to be able to put your brain into that state where, okay, what are we seeing in the human body? How do I put that down on paper? Into an actual story has certainly helped me in in this role where we're telling medical stories.
1: It's also condensing it into a sixty second clip. That's a yeah, lot that's, of information <laughs> right. that you have to pack in sixty seconds. So 100%. I assume that
0: yeah, there's it, and it, it's it's all about like, the first rule of public speaking. I was taught in the class is to know your audience. Once you get that down, then you can tailor it to how you say things. But you're right, sixty seconds is is a short amount of time. Given that the human body is the most complex. Thing probably on the planet
1: so now it's 9 30 you're checking emails you're checking your calendar and you're know, making a ter- checklist
0: terribly boring admin stuff but i think that <laughs> everyone has to do that get in you know check the emails that you've got work out what you've got to do for the rest of the day to sort of organize yourself psych yourself up
1: He uses Google Calendar and Asana to keep himself organized, but nothing to him beats the feeling of physically crossing off an old-fashioned written to-do list. Now it's 10.30 and the next order of business for the day is a meeting with the science and content teams at BioDigital.
0: So there's really three groups, I, I'll say four, four groups of, of people at BioDigital. So there's a science team that that I'm on and we make sure the stuff is medically accurate. We liaise a lot with the clients and the science side. We have the... The people who actually do the drawings in that, they're medical illustrators, still on the science side. So they'll actually, once we come up with a medical story and make sure everything's medically accurate, the medical illustrators draw that down in 2D. They then pass it off to another department, which is not science, but it's still under the umbrella of content, which is what we're under the umbrella of. Who And these people are 3D animators who will put this stuff into actual 3D versions of the 2D images. And once they've done it, then it goes to engineering, which then and they make sure that it's all codified or I don't know if that's the, a word to make sure that it's in code, but that it's that it works actually on the computer. Uh, and then the final department is sales. That's, I think, pretty much it. So you've got sales, you've got content, which is divided into uh, science and artists, and then you have got the engineering side. So the, the, we we always meet as a as an internal science group. In this particular meeting, we discuss the plan for the week in terms of what work needs to be done and by when. The team involves Jen, our science editor, who has a degree in anatomy, our lead uh, and coordinating animator Crystal, and Ginny, our medical illustrator. In this meeting, we discuss the various client projects we're doing as well as any internal content. So for context, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but Biodigital, like Google Earth, from the human body, it's a virtual human, 8,000 individual pieces of anatomy. It's like doing dissection without getting your hands dirty in Anatomy Lab. So we can make custom content for various clients. We actually call them enterprise clients um, from our, our 3D human. And we also have 500 disease conditions that we've built out. And we're building you know hundreds more. So we're trying to build that. And eventually, we'll build... All of the disease conditions known to man and then eventually all of the treatments. I mean, that's the goal. But considering treatments get invented every single year, it's it's, it's hard to, to keep up.
2: Is that something that you can show a lapse over time? And how it affects, or is it just like a snapshot in time?
0: It, you mean in terms of a disease? Yeah, yeah. Great question. So some are just a standalone uh, models that you you can always interact with everything, but some are actual actually animated, so you see the disease progression. It just depends how we make it, and depends you know which one. But yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So for example, atherosclerosis, which is the buildup of plaque in an, in an, an artery, right? In a heart attack, it would be in your coronary arteries, so the the arteries that supply your heart with blood. We have an animation showing that build up, and then an actual plaque rupture, and then a blood clot within that blood vessel forms, which is a heart attack. Right? That is moving, and that shows disease progression. Whereas, and there are some that have stages. So you have stages of breast cancer, and you can click through the chapters where you can see different progressions like that. Uh, we have, you know, like on YouTube, a little little bar at the bottom that we can make things progress. So yeah, we have we have disease progression for sure.
1: Now it's 1130 and Dr. Flaherty has a call with a pharmaceutical company client, Glasso Smith-Klein. On these calls, he's checking in to make sure that the software is running smoothly and to touch base. By the way, BioDigital owns all of the content they produce, meaning they license the software to companies to use in advanced capacities.
0: So our biggest clients are big pharmaceutical companies and medical device companies and medical publishers. So if you start with pharma, they want to make their drug reps or their sales reps or their customers understand how a drug works in the human body. Now, up until not that long ago, PDFs were used to relay this information. It's 2D. It's actually quite difficult to understand. It's actually how when I was back in medical school, we all learn stuff in, in 2D. But if you teach someone in 3D and interactive technology, they can learn things more quickly and more efficiently and more proficiently. So overall, you end up saving, they end up saving money by using our technology. And so that's sort of pharma, and same goes for device companies.
1: And what about like the risks and effect, like side effects of drugs? Do you ever like dabble into that, like when you're creating this, or
0: we we can? It's more dictated by the client if they want us to show the side effects and so on. We can show that, but it's not something that we would specifically just do ourselves without being asked for it.
2: Now it's noon, and Doctor Flaherty walks home to have lunch. It's a good time for him to recharge his batteries. He's back by 12.15, and at 1 p.m. he's reviewing AstraZeneca's heart failure production guide. First
1: of all, what is AstraZeneca?
0: Another pharmaceutical company. I'm sorry, it's another one. they got so much money, though. They do. They really do. I can imagine. (laughs) Um, That's why they call them Big Pharma. (laughs) Yeah, Big Pharma. And
1: then can you just um, describe what a production guide is?
0: Absolutely. A production guide is a document whereby there are images and written notes to hand off to the 3D animator, who will turn those 2D images into a 3D object, or 3D several objects in a story, in a medical story.
2: And so, what what's your review process then when you're looking at these?
0: So when I when I look at them, there's obvious things that I'll that I'll know if, you're, if I'm looking at the heart and just making sure that things are labelled correctly and so on and so forth. But there are certain things that we're doing that might be new. It might be a new drug. I may have to actually use reference material myself to make sure that it's, that it's accurate. And it's always good to, when you're referencing something, unless it's a new drug and you don't have that much information on it, to use three different reliable sources and we document those, those sources to make sure that, uh, that everything's accurate.
2: How much of your day is uh, consumed by just reading? It seems like a lot.
0: Yeah, it is quite a lot. I like reading. Uh, I'm, I'm lucky. I, I can't put a percentage on it, but in terms of the workday, I would actually say less than half, but maybe around the 50% mark.
1: And then now it is 2 p.m. and you are teaching the sales team about cardiovascular systems.
0: So we have a very talented uh, sales team run by a great guy called Todd Reinglass. And I really, really enjoy teaching them because they are just so interested in the human body. None of them went to med school. They're super eager to learn, although Todd is actually a paramedic. So Todd is this, you know, he's got a, he's one of these polymaths. He went to Columbia Business School. He got, you know, he, he's been in sales for a long time. He worked for Bloomberg. He is a, is a paramedic. So he's got a lot of, a lot of strings to his bow and he heads, the sale, heads up the sales team and i have the privilege of once a week teaching them about a different organ system i taught them about the eye last week and then at this particular on this particular day i taught them about the cardiovascular system so i typically have a a powerpoint style uh, presentation i i don't i don't like to use powerpoints too much because i find people you know death by PowerPoint, but I I use a lot of our 3D interactive technology to teach them. Uh, And the goal is to teach them so that they understand the basics of whatever organ system it is so that when they speak to people, when they're selling the product, when they're teaching people about the product, that they're on the same page as the people who need our stuff. It's a lot more impressive if you're speaking to a doctor, a cardiologist, if you understand the difference between the, the ventricles and the atria of the heart and so on. So it's uh, it's for them to get a little foot in the door of of anatomy physiology pathophysiology pathology
1: so what should have been the main takeaway that the sales team if they didn't couldn't remember anything else from what you <laughs> you taught what was like the main takeaway you would say for
0: this one i think with uh, these days, you do a lot of procedures are done through catheters, as opposed to back in the day. If you had a heart attack, they would open up your chest and they would do a cabbage coronary artery bypass graft. They'd take a vein or an artery and then bypass your regular coronary arteries. Now they're doing a lot of these procedures, stent procedures. You've probably heard of them. You throw in a stent in either into you know, it could be your femoral femoral artery or radial radial artery. You throw in a catheter, thread it all the way up into the heart. And the, the takeaway point was that. You can't actually see where that's going because it's inside the body. You have to use a visual technique called fluoroscopy or angiography, where you're using a moving X-ray, and that's why it's perfect for our technology because you can't see it. So you need to understand the 3D anatomy without actually seeing it. And all stuff you can actually peel away the layers and see where these radial, you know, where the radial artery is, see where the femoral artery is, see how you get all the way up to the heart, and see how you can get into these coronary arteries. So that's really it. It's it's stuff is so applicable to things like that.
2: A lot of people say that uh, they learn the most by teaching. Do you agree with that?
0: I, yeah. I th- well, I think that, that what I would say is that you know whether you really understand a topic when you're teaching it. Because if you don't, it's really obvious and it's in front of a bunch of people. So I think that that's the point where you're like, oh, I can't, I kind of get this if I feel confident enough to teach it. So yeah, but I, I do think, yes, you can learn by teaching. And they say in med school, see one, do one, teach one. That's how, uh, that's how it goes, which is kind of frightening if you're thinking about things like surgery.
1: It's now 3 p.m. and Dr. Flaherty is meeting with the CEO of Biodigital, Frank Scott. In this meeting, they're touching base about goals of the company generally and the science department specifically.
0: He came into it more from the engineering side, so the three founders. Well, there's as I said, so there's engineering, then there's the content side, uh, and then we also have we also have VR and AR. And these three founders came in from those different uh, from those different sides, and and he's a he's a. I get on really well with him, and and it's great to be able to port, report directly to the CEO.
1: And then I want to talk a little bit about something. I think I read this correctly that BioDigital is kind of like open sourced, right? Like people can contribute to it in a certain way? Can you talk a little bit about that? Or correct sure. me if I'm wrong. No,
0: no, no. That's You're, you're, you're right in that we can receive feedback from, from anyone. Uh, so a bit like Wikipedia, I guess. We do receive feedback, but unlike Wikipedia, it doesn't get changed instantly. Well, Wikipedia is kind of clever because it gets changed and then someone notices it and they change it back and <laughs> and so on. But uh, we have to review it internally before. You know, so I'll review it as the, you know, as the medical director. We have a medical team. And so before any changes are made, uh, we review it internally. But, yeah, we have feedback both from, you know, individuals can give us feedback. Clients can give us feedback. We work with a lot of specialists. So it's really, really good to have that type of feedback. I'm a generalist. I train in family medicine. So to be able to speak to cardiologists, electrophysiologists, you name it, it's really fantastic.
2: Can we dig a little deeper into that? What is some feedback that you would see yourself reviewing? Because I'm thinking a body's a body's a body. Right. What what is something that someone would send to you? Well,
0: for for example, you know, th- things can be labeled incorrectly. Just even even stuff as simple as that. There are so many structures in the human body, and when you get down to a very fine fine level of detail, mistakes can be made. And our body is very very close to being to being perfect i don't want to i don't want to say it is perfect but there are still mistakes in every single virtual human out there i think ours is the most currently accurate uh that it, of of its kind so but there are you know mistakes even labeling things you know when i when i first came in i noticed just just a few and they've been corrected but we continue to correct until we get to the point where it is perfect
2: 4 p.m., light clockwork, it's time for his second cup of tea. It gives him something to look forward to. At 4.30, he consults his to-do list from this morning, checks his emails, and corresponds with other people in the company to check on the status of client projects.
1: And then 5 o'clock, you're going home, and 5.30, you're triathlon training.
0: That's right. Talk
1: to me about that. I want to learn all about it.
0: I started running when I graduated from university. I was I was a I played rugby at Brown and then when I graduated you know I was I didn't have a rugby team anymore so I thought well, I've got to do something and I wanted to run a marathon so I started training for a marathon, did a marathon in 2008 or 2009 with my dad and got the running bug and then I ran until about 2013 and I sort of achieved my marathon running goal. Everyone always wants to get under three hours. It's like I got to get under three hours. And I luckily got under three hours. I didn't think I could get that much faster. And I thought, well, what's what well, actually? T- it actually took a breakup to, for me to get into it because I I had broken up with this with this girl, the girlfriend of mine at the time, and I we broke up, and there was this big void I wanted to fill. I didn't want to get all you know, all upset about it. I didn't want to think about it. So I thought, well, I'll sign up for an Ironman. And I signed up for an Ironman, which is a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike, and then a marathon at the end, 26.2 miles, to distract myself from the misery of a breakup. And I was already decent at running. I grew up in Hong Kong, so I did a lot of swimming. And then I bought a bike, and uh, I think I trained for about six months or something like that. And I did this Ironman in, in, a, in a Spanish island called Lanzarote, which is one of the Canary Islands off the west coast of Morocco. And I didn't realize that that and I, no one can really decide, but that one, some people say, is the hardest Ironman in the world, along with Kona. Kona is the one in Hawaii, the big one in Hawaii. And so it was it was brutal. And I didn't get a very good time. I think it was like 50, 14 or 15 hours. But I did get hooked from that moment into, into triathlon. And, and I, yeah, it was brutal at the time. it's was, it's what my, I have a coach now and my coach calls type two fun in that it's not fun in the moment, but it's fun afterwards. <laughs> right. so, type two fun. Yeah. I really like that because I'm you, stealing that. Yeah. You, you've got to, you, you've got to say that to yourself when you're just hating your life. It's, like, it's type two fun. It's okay. I'm going to enjoy it afterwards.
1: At 730, he's having dinner with friends and he's home by nine reading. It's going to hurt a book about medical residency. What made you want to start reading that?
0: Well, my mum actually bought it for me. Oh, nice. My mum is my biggest source of inspiration in general, but also for reading. She knows what I love to read and she saw this book. It's written by a British doctor and he went through residency in OBGYN, so obstetrics and gynecology, so babies being born. And uh, it's a really beautifully funny book about his experiences during residency and at the end it takes a really sad turn Uh, I don't want to ruin it for for anyone but I highly encourage people to read it because it gives you a a, an inside look at what residents have to go through to to become uh, attending physicians or junior doctors as they are in the UK this is based in the UK and then they're called consultants that's the same same word for an attending out here and I really encourage people to read it because at the end of the day, doctors are just human beings. And I know that in society we think that they, you know, should get everything perfect every single day. But everyone makes mistakes and we're only human. And I encourage everyone to read this, this fantastically funny and, and interesting and real book.
2: so you just experienced a day in the life of a medical director but how does one actually break into the biotech industry in part two of the pivot in practice series join us as we go through dr tom flaherty's career journey and experiences leading up to where he is today learn how his religious studies major landed him a spot in a medical school and why he decided to leave residency early on stay tuned At Experience a Day in the Life, we're building an online library of content all focused on a diddle or a day in the life of different jobs and professions across the world in all different industries. So if you want to share your a diddle, you can do so at xadiddle.com slash share dash my dash a diddle. That's xaditl.com slash share dash my dash a
1: Thanks for listening. Head over to xadiddle.com. That's X-A-D-I-T-L dot There you can find the show notes for this series and more A Day in the Life articles. And you can get to know us and our guests more by joining our communities on social media. Follow at xadiddle on Instagram and on LinkedIn by searching for Krista Beau and Matt with one T Poe.
2: If you learned something in this episode, please take some time to help our mission by leaving a positive rating and review of the show. Each week, we bring you a new interview series with guests from different jobs and different industries. In each series, we'll live a specific day in the life, hour by hour, and experience their career journey. So don't forget to subscribe.